You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's up, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week, we're up to episode 23, and we got my man, Sean Artero. He's out in L.A. doing big things. He's a brand influencer. He's a music manager, a photographer. He has a dope photography page and community that he's built up over the last couple of years. So we get into all of that. In this episode, we talk about how he got into photography and how that led to him getting more involved and connected into the music scene. For like a year, I want to say two to three years actually, of just being in random studios with uh, my producer friend, with songwriter friends, and uh, just creating relationships that led to me working with, uh, or getting me in the studio with people like Ver Simmons, uh, Kidding, uh, Sean Paul. Then we get into how he quit his job and went full time into growing Portraits LA, very dope portrait community on Instagram. Eight months ago, I quit my, my day job and I said, you know what? I have to give myself this opportunity while I can, while I can risk stuff and I don't have mm-hmm. kids or anything. And Porch, I dedicated a lot of time to Portraits LA. We also get into personal growth business-wise and personally. And if you know me, you know I'm a huge fan of podcasts and audiobooks. So he talks about how important an Audible account has been for his growth. You know, one of the biggest things that has helped my growth is getting an Audible account. Yes. Because it, it, for, it forces me to buy a book every month. We get into this, what camera he shoots, the importance of networking, and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 23 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Sean Artero. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week, we got a dope guest. Uh, he actually reached out to me last week. Um, he's a photographer, he's in the artist development, um, brand management, a bunch of different dope things. We want to get into all that. Sean Artero, how you doing, my man? What's good, bro? Everything's great. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thanks for reaching out last week, man. And uh, I'm excited to get into the podcast and, and chop it up with you about creativity and, and what you're up to and everything because you're up to a lot of uh, dope cool things so i'm looking forward to this but why don't you give us like a quick you know like 60 second elevator speech of who you are where you're from what you do and then we'll get into it from there cool yeah uh well my main title that i usually go by is brand developer i'm also kind of well it's kind of the same thing as an influence developer mm-hmm. uh most most influencers like today are like super creative people that may not like fully understand uh the business side so a lot of times they're, they're so focused on the creative side that they, they don't create the opportunity on the business side. And uh, that's kind of where I come in. And that's that's what I mean usually by uh, influence developer. I'll help you create a brand that you can like catch as much influence as possible and then be able to connect you with other brands and events and companies um, just so that they can kind of sell their product and services through you. Dope, dope. That's what's up. Yeah, I think it's important for... Uh to have those influencers and those people that connect people and creatives and business side and things like that. Cause the business side is very important. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
uh, you can't. Uh, they always say like art, art isn't a hobby unless you get. I mean, art is only a hobby if you're not getting paid for it. So mm-hmm. you have to get paid for it if you want to be a real artist. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so let's, um, I guess, start at the beginning, and then we'll kind of go from there. I know you had uh, kind of sent me an email last week and told me a little bit about yourself and things like that. So um, let's just kind of talk about creativity in general. Was it something that you were always into, or was it something you kind of stumbled upon like later in life? Uh, you know, I mean, I was always one of those like kids that would like always write like those kind of corny poems in high school, and uh, sooner or later, I mean, I just, I always had a friend in high school who was like a rapper, and uh, I was, I never I never was I was always kind of scared to like jump into like being called a rapper so I just took the business side almost out of fear mm-hmm. and um, and I just I just took over the business side I took over as his management and being management at the time uh, social media was blowing up and I just you know it's really difficult to kind of gain a buzz when you don't have content and social media is like the only thing that matters so mm-hmm. I decided to pick up a camera. Uh, and then just create all the content on my own. And uh, sooner or later, I just, I developed like a reputation in the music industry as someone who does, you know, behind the scenes photography, mm-hmm. behind the scenes video. And one thing led to another. And uh, I kind of now, I, I start doing it independently as a kind of independent contractor. And I'll help out uh, producers start, you know, developing their artists. And mm-hmm. now I'm kind of doing it on my own. I'm hopefully managing an artist very soon and it'll be my first independent project so but that's that's kind of how i started as far as the creative side i started just writing that led to kind of just managing and then back to the creative side with the camera and then back to the business so i've always kind of flip-flopped in both areas and i definitely i'm super passionate about both so i definitely can't imagine leaving one behind mm-hmm. and what made you think uh or what kind of gave you the foresight to like realize that kind of content was king and that you needed to start producing content? Because, you know, these days you can self-publish, you can put anything out, just, that, you know, take a picture, edit it up, put it online and things like that. So what kind of gave you the foresight to say, you know, we need content for the artists that you were working with and things like that and kind of go that route? Um, I, was, I probably, you know what, I probably have to say like MySpace, like back when I was in MySpace days, I always had like a friend who was like, which is like the rapper friend who'd always post like bulletins and like be mm-hmm. posting up on comments. And I just always saw like consistent, it wasn't anything crazy. It was just the fact that he was mm-hmm. putting something out every day. And I realized how like, I, he was slowly becoming someone really influential just because of little things he was doing. And then mm-hmm. that turned into like Instagram and Facebook and the more I got into the business side of music, then I started learning like, you, you know, pictures matter, videos matter, mm-hmm. like being consistent, talking to your fans matters. And, um, that's, that's kind of how I got into it. And that's how I feel like just that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of, uh, I definitely know the whole my space hustle and things like that because I tried literally every technique. I was always doing the bulletins, like you said, and stuff like that, doing comments. Somebody add me and then I was, those programs started coming out. So I'd run like the auto commenters and things like that just to kind of, yeah. you know, get engagement. And then when people hit me up, I would like personally engage with them and stuff like that. So I definitely know and am familiar with that grind. I was like, seems like yesterday, but it was like 10 years ago now. 10, no, years it's, ago. It's, it's like a full-time job now, you know, if mm-hmm. you want to be an artist, that, that's what you have to do. You have to be on it 24 seven and Especially if you want you want to do it independently, which is kind of like the popular route right now. Mm-hmm. And how important do you think it is to um, 
in this day, you know, as opposed to even 10 years ago, especially like with so much, so many people on social media, so much going on to have like a strong, consistent presence and constantly put out like high quality work. Like how important is, do you think that is? I mean, I think, uh, honestly, I feel like it's more important to just put out work uh, consistently than always worrying about the high quality because sometimes you get you get so worried about, you know, every my brand needs to be so clean, it needs to be everything super quality. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't have, I can't risk anything. And a lot of times that's what kind of like stops a lot of artists from just, you know, maximum potential because mm-hmm. if you're not posting every day, even if it's a, you know, a dumb selfie or a dumb picture of you, um, you know, at the park or at the studio, you know, you're losing, you're just losing opportunity. You're losing an opportunity for your fan to connect with you more. Or you never know what small piece of content, bad quality or not, mm-hmm. could, could make a fan. And I mean, that's the importance of it. So, I mean, like I said, to me, consistency matters and I, high quality does matter if you have that luxury. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, there's no excuse to it. You should definitely just always stay consistent with it, and it's just it's super important. It's what it's what makes almost makes it and breaks it now. Like this, mm-hmm. like you said, it's very saturated. So you just have to stay consistent. Yeah, and I, I can agree with that too. Because the thing is too, when you're putting in when you're putting out that content, like you're you're gonna get better over time, whether you're yeah. a photographer or music or, or whatever you're doing. So you know, it is kind of even cool on a personal level or even as a fan to go back and scroll down somebody's feed and kind of see how they progressed and got better at their art. And they, and people can find motivation in that and become fans from that route as well. So, um, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely the route that I would definitely say works best is just consistency. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of, um, cause we got a lot of different things to touch on from the music to the photography and things like that, which is really cool. And, and you multifaceted. So I'm just going to kind of nerd out a second, just on the camera side and, and, and photography side of things. Like when you started shooting your friend and stuff, like what were you shooting with at the time? Um, you know, at the time I picked up a Nikon D five 100 with like the kit. I bought it on black Friday and it was like, it all started because I had hired, we had found someone to do a music video for us. And mm-hmm. they said, uh, the, we shot it, took a couple hours, it was a long drive, long day, and the next day he hits us up like, yo, it's not, uh, I lost the footage. And that oh, just broke it broke our heart, you know, so I bought a camera on Black Friday, it was a Nikon D5100, and I had it for a year and a half, and I can, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I didn't know how to use it at all for that whole year and a half, like, mm-hmm. it was like on auto, it was on manual, I was just snapping pictures, not knowing exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I, I just realized like, you know what, I have to, I have to invest in myself. Like I can't, I can't expect more unless I'm putting more. So I ended up taking out a loan. And then after the Nikon D5 100, I jumped to the, the camera I have now, which is, um, uh, Canon 5D Mark III. Nice. Nice. And what lenses are you shooting with that Canon? Um, I'm, well, my most, my favorite lens to shoot with is probably the 50 millimeter Canon 1.4. 1. 1. No, actually it's the 1.2. Yeah. That 1.2 is mean. Yeah. I know it's that. And then that point two difference is such a difference. I know you could, a regular person will not be able to tell, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's just something about it. And then I also have my 7200, uh, IS2 and that's, that's definitely the baby. That's, that's mm-hmm. the one I love just showing off. So. Uh, that's what I shoot with now. I shoot most of my videos with those too. Dope, dope, very dope. Um, 
So you said you had mentioned that a lot of um, your photography kind of led to like other opportunities and working with different artists and things like that. So can you kind of break down like some of the artists that you work with or some of the opportunities that you created for yourself through learning photography and, and putting your work out there? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I started with my friend and then um, then I had a, a friend that moved from San Diego to here and he was really into producing and uh, he entered, you know, once you start with someone uh, just taking pictures, you know, if anyone sees you with a camera, they're going to ask you how much, how much for pictures or, mm-hmm. you know, when are you available? And, you know, it, it led to me just for like a year, I want to say two to three years, actually, of just being in random studios with uh, my producer friend, with songwriter friends and uh, just creating relationships that led to me working with uh, or getting me in the studio with people like Ver Simmons, uh, Kidding, uh, Sean Paul. Uh, I mean, various other, mostly producers. Honestly, a lot of a lot of like Grammy nominated and Grammy award winning producers. Uh, mm-hmm. my, I would probably say the the most influential would probably be like my mentor. Uh, this producer named uh, Sham Sakpasa Joseph, mm-hmm. the Haitian producer. Did a lot of work for Kanye West and and Jay Z and Rihanna. And you know, he's kind of he he's the one that's kind of gotten me the most connects in the music industry and. You know, just developing a relationship with everyone really mattered. And, uh, you know, it went from ter- just taking pictures to, you know, him, him signing an artist and um, just him signing an artist and helping me be a part of the developing stage on the on the media side. So, I mean, that's that's kind of how it started. It just started being in one studio and then, you, you, you know, sessions sessions happen and you will always meet someone uh, and then you just build a reputation for it. And yeah, that's that's how it kind of went down for me. Mm-hmm. And how important do you think it is to um, build those like solid personal relationships within the within the entertainment industry in general, or just in life, really? You know, I mean that honestly, every any anything as far as all my success, I would definitely put it on my relationships, just because. And I would definitely recommend every book that has to do with strengthening relationships, because at the end of the day, once you start making enough money. Um, you start realizing that that all of that doesn't matter. It matters like as far as the relationships you do, and you have a lot more power uh, in the, any industry with mostly connections and money. So mm-hmm. th- that's that's what I've learned so far. And I mean, the relationships have are what got me to the position that I am today. So I, I mean, that's that's really all I can say is just strengthen your relationships as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important to uh, have those relationships and maintain those relationships and not, you know, flake and do what you say you're going to do and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about your business. You, you know, you got into photography and then you started meeting people and um, being more involved in the music industry and getting into artist development, things like that. So how did Artero uh, Innovative come about? I mean, um, the, uh, the way I started was uh, I, used, I, w- I was watching Mad Men when I was when I had a job, a security job. It's like overnight, and I would watch Mad Men every night during my shift, and I was like, this is like, an, you know, the idea of an agency company sounded so cool to me, like, mm-hmm. obviously, the just the lifestyle looked cool, but, um, and then I also started getting to, once I started getting into more brand developing stuff, I ended up running into a lot of videos of this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, and this guy named Sasha Strauss, and this guy named, uh, you know, the Ty Lopez, and the mm-hmm. Grant Cardone's, and Uh, I just realized that's, that's, that's the future. You know, everything is, you you know, I read outliers and they talk about you, 
if you want to be successful, you have to really pay attention to what's what's the most successful position that during your time. It can't just be like, oh, I just I want to be this. If you care about the money or you care about, you know, your definition of success, you have to pay attention to what's happening in your generation. And in my generation, it was influence. Mm-hmm. Everything is about influence. And that's what my company is about. It's about developing influence and, you know, digital marketing and management and just social media. And also at the same time, since I do do photography and video and graphic design and website design, I I just decided I'm going to put all of this together in one thing, which I'll call my own company and hire people and teach them what I know. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of cold call and just get clients independently. So I just decided I'm going to be, I'm going to treat myself like an independent artist and I'm just going to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's how it came about. Yeah, and I think it's really dope, too, because, um, well, let me ask you first. Like, are you, like, mostly self-taught with all the creative stuff, like the graphic design, web design, photography, and everything? Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm, on the graphic design, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, like, I could do on my own. I, like, I have clients for it, but I'm not a, a super amazing, but I have a lot of graphic design friends that mm-hmm. have taught me here and there. And, uh kind of go back to going back to like the relationship thing is I didn't I didn't go to school for this it was all through relationships I just mm-hmm. kind of like you know in in any industry there's a bunch of little groups and kind of mm-hmm. cliques and I was always a dude that kind of just roamed around and people would let me be a part of the clique and it, it was amazing for me because I got to learn so much from every clique and I took a little bit out of everyone and mm-hmm. and I kind of put it all together in me and and yeah that's that's that yeah, that's really dope. Because it kind of reminds me of myself too. Um, just out of necessity, just through music and stuff, having to like do some graphic design work. So it's like, okay, I got Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah. Then you start learning and clicking on things, and then YouTube got bigger. So you start watching tutorials and reading articles and and stuff like that. And then it's over time, it's like, okay, like I can do this and everything. What really kind of stuck out to me, just doing my research on you, was like your website was really clean and everything. Like there was no glitches. It, yeah. Everything just worked together and things like that. So. You know, I do value like just good, clean design and stuff that just works and, and looks good aesthetically. So that's really no, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no excuse to not doing this if you really want to do it. You just learn how to do it. Obviously, it takes a lot more time, mm-hmm. um, which some of us have the luxury of. So, you know, if you don't have money, you have time, mm-hmm. but you have either one. So to me, it was as a kid growing up during the internet stage because I'm only 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just wanted to learn as much as possible. I didn't I I had this obsession of I don't want to have a boring life, so I'm just going to learn what I want to learn and create a job out of it. And that's just exactly what I did. Very dope, very dope. Um so kind of we kind of break down like what you do on a day-to-day basis with your business and what you do for your clients and things like that. Um okay, so what I usually do uh, right now, most of the stuff that I do is management uh, with a what well, kind of management, but it's mostly brand developing with an artist named Sabrina. Uh, I mostly set up sessions with her. I'll go to sessions with her. We'll do content. We'll do a bunch of shoots. Uh, we kind of do a marketing plan for her uh, upcoming EP coming out in April. And I know I know when uh, when a lot of people say we're working on a marketing plan, it kind of sounds like like you're not doing anything, but. Mm-hmm. You know the marketing plans is what takes up the most, especially when you when you have a budget. You have to make everything work. You got to find these connections. You got to mm-hmm. develop these relationships so that when when a certain project comes out, you can use them. And mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of what I do on a day to day. And I also work with multiple brands. Uh, 
uh, one of the one of the companies I work with is this uh, one of my good friends, Keith Belcher. He has his own company called Next Level 360. And through his company, we work with Gadget Products, which is an accessory company. And I do all their content, and I have a team that does their social media mm-hmm. and talk, uh, just keeps the interaction going on there. And then sometimes when they have events, I'll, I'll go do the shooting, I'll be a part of it. And we just help, help on the branding side for it. Mm-hmm. But that's usually my day-to-day. My day-to-day, when you're, when you're as independent, is. As me, you cut your day to day is different every day. Yeah, you know, no, no day is the same, depends. right? Yeah, exactly. It, it just varies on who needs you, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Very dope. Um, and what would you say some of the biggest or most valuable lessons that you've learned over the last few years of, of running your company, starting your own company, and running it? Um, I think one would definitely be not taking anything personal, and like. As far as business and developing your relationships, strengthening them, like, like I said, I'm, I know we talked about it, but that's that's been key in my life is strengthening the relationships that I have. And you know, um, when you when you when you're a self-taught person, a lot of it is through trial and error, and you mm-hmm. you're gonna run into people that don't pay you. You're gonna run into moments where you don't have clients for that month, or you don't make money for for a month or two, and it's frustrating. But you just have to kind of learn learn how to transition in those positions and you know i've been through it i've been through it where i didn't make a i didn't make money for a month straight two months straight and mm-hmm. i didn't know how i was going to get through it and that's you know that's what comes with being independent and, and having your own company um but yeah that's it and what do you think that does for you when you do have those like hard months those couple months where you don't make any money and you know you might have those doubts of questioning like if this is this going to work and or whatnot and then you have like a breakthrough and you know you pay you get your rent paid and then you start making a little money and things like that how do you think that plays into your uh i guess like passion or um you know motivation to keep moving forward I mean, I definitely call them like growing pains mm-hmm. because you hate it when you're in them, but when you're out of them, you 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 can't help but appreciate every single thing about it. Like every every month that I was broke and didn't have anything, or there was days where my friends would see me and I'd look like I was super sick. Like I wouldn't take those days back for anything, mm-hmm. just because, like I said, they're they're just growing pains. Like you you need those days. You need to be able to know that you can get through them, mm-hmm. because a lot of uh, especially when you when you do have your own company, you need to learn that most most of the your day to day is problem solving. Like if you don't if you don't get used to that, if you don't you know create this love and passion for it, problem solving. Mm-hmm you won't survive in it, or at least not on your own. Yeah, for sure. And those hard times, you're gonna, it's definitely going to test to see if you really want it. Yeah, um, exactly. As bad as you know, you say you want it. So um, Absolutely. I definitely understand. I've been there and done that, so I, I know how it is. Um, so let's talk about Portraits LA. Like, how did that come about? Oh, man. Um, I started Portraits LA like two years ago. It wasn't, honestly, it wasn't anything cool. Till probably like six months ago, like I don't know, uh, I think it was like eight months ago. I quit my my day job and I said, you know what, I have to give myself this opportunity while I can, while I can risk stuff. And I don't have mm-hmm. kids or anything. And porch, I dedicated a lot of time to Portraits LA um, for like a, like I said for those two years. For the first year and a half, I was just like I was just featuring every single person that would tag the page, and you know, wasn't really getting 
to it i wasn't putting them uh, i didn't have any passion to it like i didn't my my uh my intention wasn't to create a community i had no no type of intention no type of passion towards it Mm -hmm. and when i found the time i realized that there's a huge there's a huge community for this and um if you just kind of like if you stay connected to it and you keep keep it consistent it it, 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 there's no reason why it won't grow and Mm -hmm. orchard today is something that um that I started on my own as a fun, a fun one way is obviously to feature my own work because when you're a photographer, there's nothing cooler than getting your work featured, you know. Oh yeah. So for sure. I, it, you know, it's it's super difficult, especially today with a lot of people turning into photographers, uh, including myself, uh, to get your work featured when there's so much talent out there. And I was like, you know what, I wanna I wanna be able to feature my own work. I had like this this kind of hatred towards gatekeepers, and then. Uh, as far as like the portrait pages and once I started creating my own and it gained success I I understood a lot of it like mm-hmm. you can't you can't feature the same same style all the time you can't feature the same people you can't feature people just because they ask for it like you can't you have to post quality you have to you know keep just keep quality and as far as mm-hmm. as far as that page all I care about is quality and the way I've always seen it is I want Portraits LA to be a page where if I'm doing a photo shoot with someone, I could use it as a, a storyboard or a, um, like a, just a mood board, yeah? Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants to do, if anyone's doing the shoot, I want them to go to Portraits LA and see the angles and see the, the positioning and uh, the modeling and the makeup and all of that. So mm-hmm. that that's where Portraits LA came from. Very dope, very dope. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... Like, I love lots of different communities and different, you know, I guess communities that pop up around hashtags, like on Instagram and stuff like that. So yeah. it's really cool to see. Um, where do you want to take the, the community next? Like, what, what's your vision for it? Um, so uh, as far as Portraits LA, I started actually, like, this website called Genius by Design, where it's geniusbydesign.me. Uh, it's not really anything yet, but I want to connect it to Portraits LA. So uh, I got people from the community where I kept asking, like, yeah, I need writers. I need photographers, I need videographers, so that I can do, so that we can start doing articles on a lot of the photographers that we feature, because I felt like it's cool that we get to feature them and, like, post picture, repost their pictures, but I was, obviously, like it's like I said, when you want to build, when you want to be a part of a community, you, you I want to invest more than just posting these pictures, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Uh, so I, I gathered a team together. And we created this. Uh, I'm creating this thing called Genius by Design, and it's all uh, it's all connected to Portraits LA, where we want to start featuring photographers, models, makeup artists, honestly, all type of creators. Kind of like what your podcast is doing. Like your podcast is amazing because it's a platform where you know, you know there's so many geniuses out there that don't that can't tell their story. Like mm-hmm. you know, most most famous people on their the spotlight. Um, but that doesn't mean that their story isn't as important. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, it'd be dope to get more in depth than just posting the picture. I want I want people to do, you know, articles on on people, kind of like you're doing podcasts uh, with different type of creatives. So that's where I want to take Portraits LA. Um, it's connected to this uh, a brand called Genius by Design and hopefully turn it into doing meetups and hopefully mm-hmm. turn it into doing it almost at a national a national scale here i mean I, there's already a bunch of portraits uh counts that we're connected to we're connected to portrait pros we're connected to the nyc and i just i just now now that i do everything on since i do everything on my own i just want to be able to put more into it mm-hmm. um 
so yeah that that's what i have for portraits la yeah that's really dope and i like that too because a lot of the um you know like you said there are a lot of portrait pages but they're just kind of like reposting and then there are others that are like doing a little bit more than that and it's really dope like creator class and people like that, that yeah you know have the videos and have the blogs and the features and things like that so yeah i think that's really dope i'm, I'm interested and in, uh, looking forward to see where it goes no absolutely yep so let's talk a minute um, about Hustle. I was reading your bio and you said you were the child of first generation immigrants and you had mentioned Gary Vegan. He is as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of the books that you read, like you probably read 10X Rule, I guess, because you mentioned Grant, uh, Grant Cardone. And uh, like that. Oh, yes. So yeah. What uh, what is kind of like your definition of hustle and what do you how do you think that your parents being immigrants has played into that um, your view of hustling? Um. Hustle. Uh, I mean, honestly, my my definition of hustle would probably it's just waking up, loving what you do, but doing it at, at an obsession way. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be so obsessive that you can't just it can't just be something you like because when it's something you like, you won't put everything to it. Mm-hmm. So it's that that's what hustle to me is. It's kind of an extension of obsession. Um, an obsession to something to be successful, something that uh, you know moves moves culture or adds to culture uh, mm-hmm. that's what that's what hustle means to me so when i wake up i need to make sure that there's a purpose to it that it'll it'll create some type of or bent some type of culture um and yeah that that's that's how i would define hustle for me nice nice um and let's talk a minute um just about like growth mindset like for me a lot of things i do is like podcast books audio books, you know, things like that. And you had mentioned yeah. like a lot of different books that you, you've read and the different people like the entrepreneurs that you follow and things like that. So what are kind of some of the things that you do like on a daily basis, weekly basis, you know, whatever to grow in your business and to grow as on a personal level in your life? Um, you know, well, one of the biggest things that has helped my growth is getting an Audible account. Yes. Because it it, for, it forces me to buy a book every month. Mm-hmm. So at at first I saw like man I gotta pay fifteen bucks for for an account and on top of that I gotta buy a book like it didn't make sense to me. But mm-hmm. when you when you kind of like when you see when you see people who are successful all they talk about is books yep. all they talk about is information. So you know I can't say I'm obsessed. I can't tell myself I'm obsessed and not you know pay attention to blueprints that are out there so i had to i forced myself to it and mm-hmm. little by little i just kind of gravitated towards where you know i started with you know i'm not in the beginning i was never a salesperson i'm a i've always you know considered myself a creative so the selling part was really difficult and mm-hmm. audiobooks as far as like i i think the first book i read was sell or be sold by grant cardone and mm-hmm. changed changed my perspective on everything i i started thinking like you know, I'm. I could possibly be the best salesman I can here in LA. Like you know, uh, and uh, like I said, audiobooks has just changed my life. Uh, books like the outliers. Books like yeah. Conversations with God. Um, what a. I mean, there's there's just so many, and all I can say is, as far as growth, is get an Audible account because that's that you you don't realize how much how much noise, how much waste of noise there is in your everyday mm-hmm. until you start replacing it with a book. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And that's been the most, that's probably one of the most best invest, the best investment I've kind of done for myself. And that's because of mentors that I've had that have recommended it to me. They've been there when I'm hardheaded about it. Like, I'm not a reader. I don't, I don't do that. have pushed me to it anyways. 
Yeah, and I found too that um, even when like mentioning mentors, like if you're out there and you don't have a mentor, like those people in those books, their stories can be your mentors. And the podcast can be your mentors and the interviews can, you know, that, that's like a mentorship right there. So they're going to talk about things and issues that you're probably going to go through or have gone through and things like that. And you can learn from it and take pieces of it. And then you connect that information. And that's how you find opportunities and able to build businesses around those opportunities that you find, um, you know, through those stories and that information, like you said. So I think that's really dope. Um, yeah, that's and I'm yeah. on Audible, like I'm in the car so much that I'm listening. It's like at least an hour and a half to two hours a day of a book. So I'll go through a lot of books. <laughs> so. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lifesaver. Like I said, you don't, you don't know how much noise you're wasting every day or, or noise you're listening to every day that doesn't matter until you start replacing it with audiobooks. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, so here's a question that I ask everybody um, on every episode. And, of course, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just always curious to see, um, like, what, somebody views this, the answer as. So, you know, in the past, success has always kind of been viewed as, you know, a lot of money, big cars, big house, things like that. And then in more recent times, it seems like people have been redefining it for themselves. So how do you yeah. redefine um, success for yourself? Like what's your version of success or idea of success? Um, I, I mean, there's, there's so many, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I probably, to me, I've always had this obsession of like my last name. Like I want to create a legacy where like, People want to be proud to have it, to have my last name, mm -hmm. or want to be somehow be proud or privileged to be associated to it. So, I think success to me is creating a legacy where you you want to add something to that last name. Or, I mean, and at the same time, I mean, it, it could also be like having a positive like influence on the people that you're with every on a daily basis. Like, just just being that positive person in your group uh, in your group. Like, it, it's so underestimated. It's not talked about enough. It's not appreciated enough. But it it it's what's the difference maker. So to me, that I'd probably say that is like success is creating the legacy, and at the same time, being that pot that positivity in your group of friends and your family. And that 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 as long as I know I'm doing that every day, that that's success. For sure, I I can totally dig that. Um. So yeah, man. What's next for you? What's on the What's on the radar for you coming up in the future? I mean, for me, I just uh, honestly like my goal has always kind of been I want to be an executive in the music industry. Like, like I said, I don't I didn't jump into all these these little um, like skills or hobbies just because I just out of just to be, make them hobbies. I want to definitely create some type of legacy mm -hmm. to it. I want to be able to say, yo, I. I I learned everything in it so that I can understand everything in it so that I can be um, really knowledgeable in it. So meaning I can, people that come through me uh, are a lot faster in success because of my understanding to it. So hopefully I could sooner or later say that I work for an industry, that I have a number one artist, that I work for a number, you know, a corporation or some type of company that's like Coca-Cola or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's the goal. That's that's where I'm headed. That's where I, I see myself. Very dope. Very dope, man. I appreciate it. And we'll let everybody know who's listening where they can find you at um, online, your websites, Instagrams, things like that. Uh, well, you can definitely find the Portraits LA at Portraits underscore LA. And then as far as me, it, it would be Sean J. Arteo, S-H-A-W-N-J-A-R-T-E-R-O. Uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on everywhere. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing your story. It was very, very dope talking to you, my man. Yeah, I mean, and also I, w- I wanted to tell you, man, I, I appreciate I appreciate you doing what you do, man. I've only listened to like two episodes, but like I said, the, the platform that you've created is so dope because there's so many geniuses out there that have stories to tell. And for you to give that platform is just amazing because you never know who we, who we could change, who could influence. Man, I appreciate that for sure, man. I definitely appreciate that. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, so everybody who's listening, this is the Creative Masters Podcast. This is Nobody Famous. Peace. So there you have it. That was episode 23 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Sean Artero. Be sure to check him out on Instagram and follow Portis LA on Instagram. Very dope Instagram page. So y'all definitely follow that. I'm Nobody Famous. I can be found at Nobody Famous on Instagram and Twitter. And follow Creative Masters Podcast on Instagram or check out our site, creativemasterspodcast.com. We have all of the previous episodes. And of course, we'll have all of our future episodes. So until next week, this is Nobody Famous. Peace. Peace.